And now let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. May 22nd, John chapter 12, verses 20 through 50. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem to attend the Passover paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into His glory. The truth is, a kernel of wheat must be planted in the soil. Unless it dies, it will be alone, a single seed. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who despise their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. All those who want to be my disciples must come and follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And if they follow me, the Father will honor them. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from what lies ahead? But that is the very reason why I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven, saying, I have already brought it glory, and I will do it again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it was thunder, while others declared an angel had spoken to him. Then Jesus told them, The voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time of judgment for the world has come, when the prince of this world will be cast out. And when I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this to indicate how he was going to die. Die? asked the crowd. We understood from Scripture that the Messiah would live forever. Why are you saying the Son of Man will die? Who is this Son of Man you are talking about? Jesus replied, My light will shine out for you just a little while longer. Walk in it while you can, so you will not stumble when the darkness falls. If you walk in the darkness, you cannot see where you are going. Believe in the light while there is still time. Then you will become children of the light. After saying these things, Jesus went away and was hidden from them. But despite all the miraculous signs He had done, most of the people did not believe in Him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. Lord, who has believed our message? To whom will the Lord reveal His saving power? But the people couldn't believe. For as Isaiah also said, The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so their eyes cannot see, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he made this prediction, because he was given a vision of the Messiah's glory. Many people, including some of the Jewish leaders, believed in him, but they wouldn't admit it to anyone because of their fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Jesus shouted to the crowds, If you trust me, you are really trusting God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I have come as a light to shine in this dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the darkness. If anyone hears me and doesn't obey me, I am not his judge, for I have come to save the world and not to judge it. 
but all who reject me and my message will be judged at the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me gave me His own instructions as to what I should say, and I know His instructions lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Yo, welcome Refuge Radio. Um, again, it's your host, Matt, the Matt Ward. Um, I do have one of my good guys here with me, um, a good buddy of mine by the name of Anthony Cook. Um, Anthony, just want to say thank you for coming to this segment with me. No problem. Um, I just want to say it's, it's good to have you here because, first of all, um, we just want to go through your journey here in the Refuge and, and what God has done for you so far. Um, it's, it's a special moment for me because I know your first day, your first week in the refuge, I remember you coming into the church and, um, I was your servant leader that week. Um, so I got a chance to see how you, when you came in to where you're at now, um, I want to first say off that you definitely have grown in so many different ways, but I just want to kind of have you touch on, um, the phases you've been through so far and where you're at, um, mentally and just what God has done for you. Yeah. Um, so as far as, you know, when I came in, um, that first day, just like everyone else knows, is um, there's a lot of emotions that you're going through. Everyone's in their head. You're not sure what to think of the place. But, you know, you quickly, quickly, uh, you know, feel the love that comes uh, through the brotherhood and through the ministry itself. And it all starts when you got off that bus and you walked up to the farm and there's a group of guys standing on the front porch just waiting for you to get there. Um, you know, so you know, phase one being, um, it was just a lot of, a lot of, uh, radical change there. You know, you're really giving everything up to God. Right. Um, you know, just really trying to focus on who, who God is to you and who Christ is inside our, inside ourselves, trying to really focus on that. When you go into phase two, that's when it was kind of like that peeling back, peeling back the layers, trying to discover out who you are and what, what actual, what actually brought us here. Um, you start building a relationship with God. You start building a relationship with your community. So the brothers we have around us, you start pouring into them. And the further you go along with that, you know, you can have your bumps, bruises, you can fall flat on your face and it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Um, but you know, that's where faith lives is in discomfort. It's, it, it lives when we start stretching ourselves thin. Right. Um, I dealt with family loss in here. But uh, God kept my courage and faith strong. I stayed true to the process. I stayed true to God and the commitment that I made to him. Finished it out strong. Even bucked the system a little bit and caught two extra weeks in second phase. But, um, you know, I, I, I remained faithful to it. And I kept kept trying to keep my head in there. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm in third phase, you know, you start seeing the life application. You start living it every day. You're out there working every day. Um, your home visits when you go home, you know, you really don't see the whole lot of change in yourself. What you do is you see uh, how your family starts acting, how your friends see you. You know, you start walking a little bit taller. It yeah. almost seems like um, even when we go out to the mall, it's like when me and you went out oh, to the yeah, mall, yeah. people just see a group of guys like, wow, those they don't look like a people. They don't look like people that would be together. But at the same time, those those are the brothers in Christ. Those are the ones that are people like, wow, there is something different about them. Right. Um, so. You know, there's just a lot of radical change and there's just believing that God has a purpose for every single one of us. 
is just truly amazing, especially when you start to open your eyes and start to realize it and start seeing the true change in that uh, Christ is uh, doing in each one of us. So, yeah, it's um, pretty intense. Okay. Uh, remember you said you mentioned the mall. Um, I'm just going to leave it at the mall. <laughs> First of all, and that was a good time, though, but I, I do have a, a question just out of curiosity. Um, you're in phase three right now. So out of the three phases that you've been in, which one would you say was the toughest or is the toughest and why? Uh, phase two is definitely the toughest. And that's because you're literally as you're going through your life maps, your family dynamics, family systems. Um, when you really dive in head first with that, uh, it's literally you know, digging down to your core, we're finding out our issues head on. And the way I like to explain it is like a book I read, which was called Kill the Spider. We all have cobwebs in our life and we kept trying to deal with them. We were brushing these cobwebs away, but it wasn't killing the spider that was the root issue. Mm -hmm. And when we finally find out what that issue is within us, we can fill it with Christ and Christ forgave us for everything. So that's when we really start to, you know, be grateful and thankful for everything that he's done in our life. And we can then start building our foundation. Right. It's crazy. For me, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the same thing. Uh, second phase is by far for me the toughest phase. Um, obviously, everybody knows I got an extra four weeks. Good God almighty. Uh, <laughs> don't know how I made it. But I think the, the biggest thing I'll take from second phase that I've had to learn to deal with the most was uh, submission. Yeah. I mean, that was it because obviously all the rules mm -hmm. that they uh, that you have to go by, um, it's a little bit more of a a micromanaged situation uh, for good reason, though. Um, but it's definitely helped me grow, and it's taught me a lot. And um, obviously, thank to the court, thank you to the coordinators uh, that are there, uh, that were there when I was there, that helped me. Um, so, yeah, man, the refuge in general, man. I just want to want you to also touch on. I ask a lot of people this in general: What do you think a leader is to you? What does lead, being a leader means? Because I ask that because of what we're going to have to be when we finish the refuge. What does being a leader look like for you? Yeah, being a leader is is really being a servant. Uh, you know, when you put others first, uh, you know, die to yourself. That's that's the leader that is a true leader. You know, uh, Christ Jesus humbled himself and was a servant to everyone here. Absolutely. You know, he humbled himself and yet we look to him as a leader. So, you know, when you hear these pyramid schemes where the leader is at the tip of the pyramid, that's actually <laughs> not it at all. If right. you turn that pyramid right. upside down, right. your, your leader is at the top along with all these other people, right? Mm -hmm. But it's at the very bottom and that's being a servant. Excellent. I absolutely agree. Um, well, that actually wraps up this segment. Again, Anthony, I just want to thank you uh, for doing this interview with me. Um, as always, I love you, man. If you need anything, always holler at me. Love you too, brother. Thank All you. Right. All right. Psalm 118, verses 19 through 29. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. Those gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and saving me. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, shining upon us. 
bring forward the sacrifice and put it on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Proverbs 15, verses 27 and 28. Dishonest money brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate bribes will live. The godly think before speaking. The wicked spout evil words. <laughs>